Cash it's in. Tempting. Oh, Got actually, cat, yeah. Cat, Evan, cat. Evan, take that. Well, if you don't take the pot, I'm going to have to take the pot. Are you using <laughs> psyops on me, Mike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is yeah. how I roll. Because <laughs> I could dare you to take that and waste, you know, your, your turn. Because you want it. That's the only advantage I have. Denying the opportunity of others to get more points, which means I can't believe this is working. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we're farmers rustling up the crops to sell at market in Vojvodina. Next up, we're aristocrats bustling through our provinces to build the finest palaces in Castles of Burgundy. And lastly, we're a young street urchin hustling through a cave of riches in Alibaba. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hey, guys. Let's game. And Mike Grenier. Roger, roger. Our first game up this week is Vojvodinia, second edition, designed by Boris Durovic, published by Brave Giant. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 9 and up, playtime 30 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. On the box cover, sunflowers sway beneath a sapphire sky as simple folk sow their seeds and dream of a bountiful tomorrow. So alliterative. (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) Uh, Inside the box, we see four map pieces, four sets of six field tiles, four colored player cards, 24 town cards, four bonus explanation cards, 16 uncultivated field markers, a first player marker, and a bunch of coins. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we plow through this review, Evan, till us up some rules. Vojvodinia is a tile placement and card contract game where you take on the role of a farmer who produces crops and supplies town markets by making lucrative contracts. The object is to earn the most money by the end of the game. To earn that money, players are going to design their fields of crops by placing tiles on the game board. Earn bonus cash for placing at least three tiles in any given round, also for placing the most tiles. Other ways to earn money is to fulfill contracts. Players have a hand of town cards, which they can burn to get more crop tiles, or they can lay in front of them to act as contracts. If your fields yield enough grain, you can fill the contracts, along with any contract bonuses that might apply. Bonus points! Bonus points! points. As the game itself says, prove that you're the best and wealthiest farmer in the most fertile region of Serbia. Not suburbia, Serbia. It's a country. (laughs) Look it up. We received this game direct from the designer. Thank you, Boris. Thank Thank you. you. Its Kickstarter just closed, but you can actually buy it direct from the website at bravegiant.com. The art is beautiful on the cover. I really like the art. And it bears mentioning uh, the artist, who's Andrea Schwartz. Mm -hmm. It is a classic Eurovision cover. Eurovision cover. Oh, that's not what song are they covering? (laughs) Yeah, Euro game cover. I'm not even going to edit this bit out. This is a shameless pitch for Eurovision. Amazing. What is it? The saga of uh... Fire Saga. Eurovision: The Story of Fire Saga on Netflix now. Which apparently inspired this cover, according to Celeste, <laughs> this game. 
So what kind of game is this, Ed? Did it feel competitive to you? Well, yeah, because we're like kind of throwing elbows everywhere we put a tile down. Ah! <laughs> it is crowded. Mm-hmm. And it's partially our fault because we set up the original space that the board has ourselves, one person at a time. So uh, the crowding is definitely due to what we did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's variable because we could actually be a little nicer in our setup or we can be, well, turn it up to 11, as they say. Yeah, we made the center of the board kind of slim. So if anybody wanted to try to get the prime real estate in the center, so they have a lot of options, uh, there wasn't a lot of space to branch off from there. If you took that center area, it's a fight. Now, we love the art on the cover, but the art on the tiles caused a little bit of trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, but there's two tiles that are just too close to each other because they're both mainly green. Well, the sunflowers and the, and the corn, I think it was, looked really yeah. similar. Um, yeah, but they're both with yellow and green combinations, but mm-hmm. uh, so it didn't really necessarily say, yeah, these are yeah. different. I mean, while the pumpkins were kind of like, whoa, pumpkin. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love the way the pumpkins look. They're really cool looking. So early on in the game, you're looking to kind of stake your claim because having your pieces next to each other counts a lot towards your score. So you want to find a spot that everybody else doesn't want to encroach on. Yeah, trying to get three of your tile next to each other adjacent you get bonus food which gets you more points right it lets you play bigger cards too ones with higher rewards on them so you spend a lot of the game just praying that nobody takes your spot (laughs) while you're you're waiting for your turn should i buy first i'll try buying first i haven't tried i did too i bought the same piece all right great great idea you have to burn a card for that that's a burner burn Ew, Mike, ew, ew, Mike, ew. What do you want me to do? Stankaroni. All right, I'm going to do something like this. Hurry up. Ed's first. Ed's first. Come on, Ed. We're We're all waiting waiting for for you. (laughs) Here you are. Yep, 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 yep. Do you remember the time? Remember lying 29 years ago? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah, the praying to the gods of futility because it always happens. Especially when you build the board as tight as we did. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, we did not set ourselves up for success. <laughs> and it's a neat little drafting of the city tile go because you can, when you when you take a card, you can choose to keep it as a contract to fulfill later, or burn it to get more tiles that you can actually place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found out a little bit too late, I think, that tiles roll over into the next round that you haven't used. Right, Evan. About two-thirds of the way through the game, after we, <laughs> at the end of each round, as we were disposing of any tiles we had drafted or burned city cards to obtain, we thought the rule was, oh, you have to give back, throw, you know, give, put back in your pile those particular crops that you had pulled. But we were incorrect on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are allowed to keep them from between rounds. And we found out later that there's actually a revision to the rules we found online, which actually made it so that... When you, you just carry over it, or you don't have to keep the small ones. You just play from once you get the two starter one, you just play throughout from round to round. If you want more tiles, you have to burn cards to get them. And that's a good use of some of the cards because it makes, when you're drafting, it makes it so that they're not useless ever. You can always just get a tile and hang on to it. And it makes that person who goes last something to have to do. Or, or I can just take the card and set myself up good for next round. <laughs> exactly. It's really tempting to keep those high reward cards and play them 
because, you know, it scales up with how much it costs to profit off of that card and how much you get for finishing that card. Um, but Not the if, big bucks. Yeah, the big dollars. But if you can't fulfill those contracts, well, there's a, a little negative point. Mm, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> you know it. That's the my personal pain for every game like this is seeing the potential for negative points. And I avoid it like the plague. Another neat mechanic is those places on the board, because of the way we're like elbowing each other, is often there's unused, unoptimized spaces. They get an uncultivated cube that makes it more expensive to use them in later rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it really it shrinks the board even more if you're not really good with the Tetrising of your pieces. So when we elbow each other and we got a bunch of black cubes on the board, and now we're like, oh, man, we're going to have to spend a lot of money to get that going good again. Some several times we did cough up the money though. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I coughed yeah. it up for two spaces at a time sometimes because it's better to do that than to just let it get even tighter the next turn. Especially if it triggers a bonus for you in the process of doing so. Yep, even at break even, it's still good because it keeps those spaces open for the next turn. Mm-hmm. I liked the images. They look like uh, ink drawings of the cities on the cards. So right off the bat, and I put my first piece down and then Celeste decided to butt her piece right up against mine and Here crowd me. <laughs> Here we go. You make nice neighbors. Yeah, I like know. I, 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 throwing elbows. <laughs> yeah, we were through elbows like immediately. We didn't even wait until turn two. We just started going right at each other. <laughs> but like, bam, you know, bam. the board is tight, but it, it doesn't have to be that tight. okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury Vojvodinia Mike it's replayable Um, the draft was pretty cool Um, but even though it's going to be different every time I feel like it'll also feel a lot the same each time and for me that's not a great thing so I'm going to bury it Evan well, Valjevidinia has a lot of mechanics that I like in games. You know, build your own board, tile placement, selecting cards, choosing to keep versus burn, passing cards to your left. And I did, yeah, I did have some issues with a couple of the graphics and designs of the actual game. Muted colors, things looking like too much like one another. But I still had fun playing it, so I'll dig it up. Ed? The game is probably just a bit simple for my taste but i did have fun and there is just enough strategy here that i i kind of want to play again for that reason i'll dig it up for another go i kind of feel like the colors being too close together could be an advantage if you're <laughs> watching out for it <laughs> yeah i like i like my tile laying games to be slightly more complex than my city and this one did fit the bill it was attractive chill well paced and just complex enough do not be boring. I am digging it up. Do you have thoughts about showing fields and void for Dina? We'll let you know what they are on the Twitter and on the Instagram. We are at Wish Game First. Our next game up is Castles of Burgundy. Designed by Stefan Feld. Published by Aaliyah and Ravensburger in 2011. Number of players, 2 to 4. Ages 12 and up. Playtime, 30 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the red, red box? This burgundy box cover shows what seems to be a duchess peering over a crenellated walled tower, surveying her bustling green pastured lands. 
Inside the box, we find 164 six-sided tiles, 42 goods tiles, 20 silverlings, 30 worker tiles, 12 bonus tiles, 4 victory pieces, 8 playing pieces, 9 dice, a game board, 6 double-sided player boards, and if you want some replay value, it also has player boards numbered 1 through 9, with 4 boards with the number 1 to give new players an even playing field. Mm. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this burgundy is a fine pairing with your game table, Evan, uncork us some rules. The Castles of Burgundy is a towel placement and dice rolling game where players are aristocrats from the 15th century in France, devoting their efforts to careful trading and building in order to lead their estates to prominence. The goal is to finish the end of the fifth round of the game with the most victory points. Five rounds of play, five phases in each round, so you're going to have 25 turns to take. Each player rolls their two dice and will take actions based on the results to collect hexagonal tiles and also to play the hexagonal tiles that are collected. You might be collecting, for instance, blue water tiles or maybe green animal tiles or maybe you want gray mining tiles. Buildings, castles, and knowledge tiles round out the six different types of tiles. There are also special tiles available, but you need to mine silver in order to get your hands on those. The first player also rolls an extra die to see what kind of goods gets put into play. Workers are utilized to adjust die rolls up or down, but use them wisely, they're not that easy to come by. Those are the broad strokes of the game. There are lots of ways to pick up bonus points throughout. Who knew that the Castles of Burgundy could yield such abundances? Huzzah! <laughs> yeah, points, most points, lots and lots of points. Lots of points. <laughs> lots of ways to get points. Perhaps too many opportunities, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Board Game Arena is where you played this, huh, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Board Game yes. Arena tracking the rule for us. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for handling <laughs> oh, those fiddly bits, too. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, man. it looks like there's a ton of pieces. Yeah. And doing all the setup for us, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Some of these games are just awesome on Board Game Arena or any online thing that sets up and cleans up for you. And it still took us a full 90 minutes to play our, <laughs> our game yeah. with, three, with three of us. Well, and that's the yeah. box time maximum time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, with so many ways to make points, it's really hard to narrow down what you want to do for your turn. As always, the game beats up once you're familiar with the game. You know what the combos are. You know, it's like, I want to get these things together because that's what the points are. But your first time playing, you're always uh, feeling things out. And I kind of like that exploration bit in the beginning of the game. What What were you discovering? There's many different kind of sets here. So you're using tiles here and you're kind of gathering them. And, you know, when you put together a full filling area on your province board, you get points based on the size of that field. So you're trying to fill in the field and get points here. And then each tile also gets you, in some cases, special things. Like if you go to get the ship, you'll get some goods. And then you can sell goods later on the market to get some more money and some more points too. Yeah, I found that uh, I was looking at the game all wrong to begin with because I didn't realize all the color, like same colors that are adjacent to each other, if you fill that area in, it's like a lot more points than just putting the pieces wherever they fit on the board. 
That's correct. And on that point, the earlier you do that, the more bonus points you get. In other words, it's easier to score those kinds of bonus points in the first phase than it is, say, in the fourth or fifth phase. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't forget, you also have two workers. So those can alter your dice. Hmm. So if you want a different number, use that. My options have just expanded exponentially. Yes, Exponential expansion. Exponentially. What is this? So when placing this tally or state dutch, you immediately score four points. I could go for four points. Oh, I have to uh, confirm my turn. Sparhawk, this thing. Uh, Sparhawk. All right. Well, wow. I'm... Evan takes the commanding lead. Four points ahead of everybody. Game else. over. We declare victory. It's, it's interesting that, like, for example, the green uh, areas, there's a green area that has four spaces to fill in that's further from the center. And then there's another green area, light green, that is just two to fill in. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not as valuable overall, but if you get it first, it adds value to it. So you have to really decide... Can I get this bigger one done before somebody else finishes their small one? Or should I rush to try to beat them to that? You can't just do what you want every turn because there's dice rolling in this game. And that's one thing I kind of miss with Board Game Arena, of course, is not being able to physically roll those dice. Yeah. But the dice limit your choices. Yeah. It seems like the dice are really important because they are printed on the board. Pictures mm -hmm. of dice are printed on the board, so you can only place these hexes if that number comes up on the tile. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Oof. And if you have an adjacent thing next to the number you rolled, so you can't just place it anywhere you want on the board. You have to build towards things. Yeah, you start with one tile, Celeste, and everything builds out from that one tile. So mm -hmm. how many dice do you get to roll every turn? Two. Ugh. Ooh, right. Uh, yeah, it's not a, not a fistful <laughs> of choices every turn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit. There are a fistful of choices. A mm -hmm. lot of them are bad choices. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I got stuck with some terrible roles and had only bad choices to make in certain cases. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that. And, and you're probably spending all of the time, it's not your turn, planning for a die roll that is probably not going to come up. Yeah, hoping somebody doesn't steal the tile you want and hoping that your mm -hmm. dice roll comes up. So you need plan A, B, and C to even like oh, yeah. keep Are you better off closing your eyes and just waiting for your turn? <laughs> I mean, I I can't do that. I suppose. I mean, because there's only so much planning you can do. But you do know what your rolls are. First thing you do is you roll. And then people are doing the turn. So you can start thinking about what you want to do with your Yeah, your everyone rolls simultaneously. The die rolling point, not just for placing the tile on your province, but it also determines what tiles are available for you to draft. Right. So sometimes your roll just doesn't coincide with something that you can place, so you have to do other things with that dice roll. I'll tell you, I always uh, get a little sweaty when I see <laughs> a Euro game that has more than 100 points on the tracking board. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It does not make me excited. gets me a little yeah. worried oh, mm -hmm. about the playtime. Did this game feel overly long? No, actually, I, I, at least for me, I'm used <laughs> to long asking. We're not talking to <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I, I, I'll stay quiet in my corner now. Oh. <laughs> Mr. 18XX. No, but they they were pretty honest about the, the play time if you exclude the setup and cleanup, um, which we, we were able to because we were online. Yeah, it was on point for the play time, but is it too long? Like, did it feel too long is what you're Yeah, did it feel now. like I'm done with this game earlier than the game was done? <sighs> hmm. I'll say maybe because 
of the two dice that you're allowed and you're limited in your choices, and like I said, a lot of choices are bad, that may give it sort of that perception that it's more of a slog than perhaps it actually is. So yeah. perhaps that could be the case. I, I had a big plan, so for me, it felt like it was one turn too short. <laughs> but, you know, any anytime I'm, I'm building up sort of an engine or building up a terrain or territory, I always want one extra turn than I actually have. <laughs> and obviously, I could not include in the rules description how everything is scored. Impossible. There's yeah. so many different combinations of ways to score different things in this game. Mm-hmm. It would take more than three shows to explain. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have to be willing to, you know, just kind of have a sort of idea in mind and hope it works out. <laughs> you know, I don't know that there's necessarily a specific path to victory here mm-hmm. that is definitely better than the other. So many choices. They add a lot of variability to the game just by the player board being so different too. Mm-hmm. They have that number one board where everybody can start off with that same board, but later play, you'll generally be using a random board and Oof. each person's board can be different, so you're mm-hmm. going to probably want different tiles early. I think it would keep the the game fresh. It's cool that they have a bunch of different varieties. I wonder how balanced they are. I, I'm guessing they're they're pretty close to being balanced, but it's hard to say without having trying them out. I can tell you right now that they're not necessarily balanced because there are certain boards some players have played through many times they said this board is superior to this other board ah. but there's some argument which makes it good you know like mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of debate online which board is the best and all that but the game has been heavily played it's been out for a while and a lot of people love this game and mm-hmm. gotten some awards so there's some strategy guys out there if you really want to get into it <laughs> Uh, I like to read the strategy guys after I played through one time to see if course, I hit on yeah. something that was there already. Or I, I noticed on the board that the towers are kind of far out from the center, but building straight for those towers, I think, can give you a real advantage because they're a one-space completion area. Um, there's not like a bunch of dark green tiles around them. There's always just one space. So getting straight out there and completing those was something I definitely want to try a little harder for next time. Dark green towers also have a special bonus, which gives you an extra die, whatever you want it to be, immediately when you fill it. Yeah, wild die on demand, yeah. Which could be key to getting that and then saying, okay, I have a five, let me take this one very, thank you very much. How often do you get to use that wild die? Every time you fill in a dark green base. Right. A castle, Yeah, there's like three of them on the board other than the center tile. But they go quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get two in a game, it's probably a lot. Yeah. And you got to make sure you get something that can actually go onto that space too. So mm-hmm. you have to buy that first and be ready to place it. Build your path out to that spot on your board. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of planning involved. Okay, explorers. It's time to dig up or bury the castles of Burgundy. Evan? The Castles of Burgundy. It's a classic Euro game. You know, so many choices and so many ways to get points. Look, I like hexes and I like dice and manipulating the rolls. There's a bit of luck involved. Not too much, though. Hey, if you've got the 90 minutes to spare, dig it up. Ed? Collecting tiles to build your province is fun. And it helps that there are lovely, lovely hexes. Be prepared to manage the fickle will of dice, though. But there's enough tools here to make your own luck, so I'll dig this up for my castle. Mike? I found myself formulating the strategy for the next time I play, and that's always a good indication that I will dig it up, and I will. Is luck in your game? 
kind of a big deal? <laughs> Let us know on social media. We are at Wish Game First. Our last game of this week is Alibaba, designed by Martino Chiachera and Remo Consadori, published by White Goblin Games in 2017. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up. Playtime 20 minutes. Man, I missed the 20-minute game. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if our sound effect ever worked for a game opening the box cover, this one is it. Tell us what's in the box. On the cover of the box, a flashy young Arabian prince-to-be has just cracked open a pair of intricately carved stone doors to reveal a shimmering treasure hoard large enough to drive a dragon into a jealous rage. Inside the vault, we find a game board, which is double-sided, four player screens, four score markers, 60 treasure tiles, and a start player token. And that's what's in the box. Before we find out if this game is a treasure trove or a time trap, (laughs) Evan, dig into the rules vault. Okay. Alibaba is a tile collection game where players are taking treasures from the cave of the 40 thieves. Yep, steal from the thieves. It's always that's always a good idea. <laughs> in a 3 or 4 player game, the tiles are stacked. First in a 5 by 5 grid, which lies below a 4 by 4 grid of tiles, which lies below a 3 by 3 grid of tiles and lies below a 2 by 2 grid of tiles. So it makes a pyramid of sorts. The 2x2 grid of tiles are all face up, but all the other tiles are face down. That's how you start. Now, upon taking a tile, a player will then flip over any completely revealed tiles which laid below the tile they took. Then the player will activate the power of the tile that they picked up. The color of the tile determines that power. For example, the red tile will score you 5 victory points immediately. Or if you take a white tile you can block other players from taking a specific type of tile for that round. There are six colors in all and six specific powers. Keep flipping tiles until the tiles run out and all players have had the same amount of turns. The more treasures of the same kind that you have at the end of the game, the more points you will score. Now, let's get this game going by saying... Open Sesame! (laughs) Not only did I miss this game, but you played it on my favorite interface, Yukata. Yukata! I know. We we knew you would be sad about that. No, that's not why we played it. No, that's not. I didn't say that's why we did it, but as we were playing, I'm like, man, Celeste would have loved this game. Yes. An ancient ancient interface for an ancient themed game. Mm -hmm. But the game is fairly new. How did it play on Yukata? It played fairly well, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have any glitches or issues. It functioned. Um, <laughs> it did. It got the job done. That's all you can hope for with yep. Yukata. I personally may have sparhawked it once or twice, but other than that, you know. Yeah, it didn't have a really bad sparhawking problem, though, I didn't think. Yeah. Not, I think the newer bad. games on Yukata have less sparhawk issues. And what we mean by sparhawk, <laughs> if you're new to which game first, <laughs> is yukata.de is famous for 
overcompensating the end of your turn. And what we mean by that is click to end your turn. Then are you sure you want to end your turn? And then like, don't forget to end your turn. And where's that ending turn button? And oh no, did I forget to press a button to end my turn? Yeah. It's like a tiny button at the bottom of the screen. In the lower corner. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) But it can usually be characterized by someone saying, hey, how come you're not doing your turn yet? And it's like, well, I'm waiting for somebody to finish their turn. Hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Sparhawk. <laughs> we call it Sparhawk because that is the nickname of the original designer for the interface. For the website. Yeah. Yep, 20 years ago they started that. After you navigated your way to figuring out the labyrinthine path to actually connect with each other and play the game online <laughs> through the ancient interface... How did it translate the art and stuff like that? The art itself is, you know, basic mm-hmm. cartoon art. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, bold colors, which I like. Um, so it was fine. It was okay. It, it was simplistic, but yes. um, thematic enough. It's a tile. Yes, yeah, that collection game, really, of tiles. Yeah. But there's also an element of reveal, too, because you kind of like when you pick up a tile, it reveals what's underneath mm-hmm. it. So that's why mm-hmm. I kind of call it a tile removal. Yeah, a little Mahjong-y that yeah, way. Yeah, definitely mm. reminding me of Mahjong right off the bat. Like the computer app version of Mahjong? Yeah, like the one yeah. where the tiles are laid on top of each other. And when you reveal one, the ones underneath open up and reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. So having a bunch of face down tiles uh, is always a draw for me. And I'm a sucker for maybe not making the best move just because I want to see more tiles get revealed because I don't want, I mean, I want to uncover all those mysteries. But it's Mm -hmm. not the best strategy to reveal the most amount of tiles at once because once you pull your tile and reveal them, other players will get the option to use the tiles that have just been revealed on their turn. Right, because you're not revealing them for yourself. You're revealing them for others. And so you might be, well, I don't want to give them too many options. Well, with the there is one color tile, though, where what you reveal makes the difference because you get point multipliers off of matching color tiles that are revealed when you when you open them up. So you're kind of taking right. a risk when you pull that tile, hoping that you'll get two or three or maybe even four if you're lucky. The power that trigger off of these tiles is so enticing. Sometimes I was grabbing a tile for the power rather than for the set. Yeah, I mean, taking a straight five points for that for that pink tile is pretty sweet you know you just grab it and five points and that's it you're done mm-hmm. but uh evan i know evan was kind of leaning towards i think it was the brown tiles or white tiles i think they're listed as because he gets to block people from taking a certain color action for the next turn it's my turn to what i'm giving something Ooh. to who evan evan thank you well yes uh i can't give you the bottle see the ed this is exactly what i was talking about (laughs) (laughs) so thanks for king making much appreciated (laughs) i'm gonna have to take from mike right yeah obviously one point victory (laughs) yay and and everybody can call ed the victor because he's the one who got to manipulate the score in the end uh-huh. Yeah, can't touch Yeah, this. and you get to call whether or not you block a, a specific color or a specific um, symbol icon. Yeah. You know, and if when you're going for set collection, that's huge. Mm-hmm. If I want the, all the diamond cards, of which there's a red one and a green one and a blue one, and then I draw white and say, no one can take diamonds this round. Ooh, that helps me a lot. Yeah, and mid to end game, that's really powerful because, you know, having 
three of something is worth six points, but at the end of the game, if you have five of something, it's 13 or no, 15 points, actually. So it's it's a big deal. So that kind of lean toward a little bit of what I call hate drafting or power <laughs> denial. Because <laughs> it's kind of, well, like, well, that last diming, uh, well, it's only worth a couple of points for me. It's worth six points to Evan. So mm-hmm. I don't want to give him six points. Right. Yeah, exactly. but that... That's uh, yeah okay. I mean, I suppose that that is a legitimate strategy, mm-hmm. though, to st- absolutely to stop your opponent from capitalizing on those big bonuses when they can jump up five, six points with any one tile. Yeah, I would stop that. And with three players too, like stopping one person who you know really wants that t- kind of tile, and leaving it there for yourself as long as the other player didn't need it. That, that could be a huge amount of points for yourself if you do it right. Mm. There's another kind of tile that steals from other players, mm. and uh, but they have to make kind of an offering of a specific tile for you to take. So right. if you do that early game and they're just starting to like get a pair of things, or if you know everything that's in their hand, that could be really strong. Uh, in the end, they have a lot more choices of tiles they want to get rid of. So it, it kind of weakens it a little bit later on, but still annoying when somebody steals something from you. I might have done that once or twice. Yeah, Which you might interesting. have. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention something about the powers being intriguing, Ed. Perhaps that's what you meant. Yeah, that's part of one of them. I think the other thing that Yukata did a little differently than the base game, or, or at least there's an option for it, is that it kind of removed the memory game element. It did the notebooking for Mikey where you didn't have the player screen keeping track of who had what. So you didn't have to remember, how many diamonds did Evan have? No, you know he had five diamonds. Which I really appreciated, because, I mean, if they wanted to make it a memory game, they would have said that somewhere. It's good that they, they revealed it for me, so I didn't have but to write screens, it. the screens in the analog game, they give you screens to hide behind. I know, that that, that can, must be missed. But they are, on Yukata, they hide the information that needs to be hidden, right? Oh, I think there might be an option to hide it, but I think on default, they just left it so that uh, everybody can see what tiles they have. Right. Oh. So it was Ed's default. It's all your default, Ed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, uh, the screens also have another fu- uh, handy function, which is to remind you of what the different tiles do, although there's mm-hmm. no writing on it that's symbols. So, you know, you kind of have to figure out and remember what the symbols actually mean. Well, I think the one with the big five in the middle of it is really easy enough. <laughs> or the one with three hands with X's over them trying to grab the green tile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a lot you have to memorize there. Yeah. You know, when you're going for these points, you're, you're making decisions about how am I going to get my points? Am I going to do it through the taking of the tiles and unleashing those powers or am I really going to concentrate more on the collection of sets, which, you know, as you get up to those higher numbers can really yield some big points. So you have to weigh that. Um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, though, if you go with the set collection, you really are opening yourself up to being blocked by other players. So you have to be a little careful of that. Because this is a set collection game, there are two tiles that allow you to either steal a tile or get one extra tile during your turn. Those ones end up being particularly strong because... It gives you more options and also more tiles to give away if somebody tries to steal one from you. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Alibaba. Ed? This set collection game has you racing to build your set of treasures while keeping an eye on your opponent who may be trying to throw an elbow or two. It's simple. While having a 
decent amount of choices to make. But it's not quite sure how long my interest would last. It's interesting enough for me to play one more time, so I'll dig up this treasure. Mike? I am always drawn to face-down mystery tiles. And (laughs) while the options were really simple here, there was still enough to consider each round to make it engaging for me. So I'll say dig it up. Evan? Alibaba was a quick and easy-to-learn and easy-to-play game. It's good for your family, all ages, very family-friendly. You know, it had limits to its depth, but uh, enough strategy to keep it interesting. Dig it up. What is your favorite set collection game? Let us know on the Facebook, the Instagram, or the, the Twitter. Twitter. We are <laughs> at which game first. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. Just reach out on any social media. And if you want more content from these guys, a me, a Evan, a Ed, a Mike, then just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. You will get access to our exclusive patron-only podcast called Bonus Points. Happy gaming, explorers. Close sesame. I don't know how to put this, but um, bonus points are kind of a big deal. (laughs) Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves.